Hello, and welcome to Coffee and Comics. I'm Todd A. And I am Mark Sargent. Flat Earther at Lo- <laughs> Sorry. Well, if you were, you would be wearing a t-shirt that says that. That is what we have learned from uh, Ono, Ross, and Carrie, is that he wear- Mark Sargent wears a t-shirt that says, I am Mark Sargent. That's right. And so we were just talking. can find him. <laughs> we were just talking about, we're big fans of Ono, Ross, and Carrie, and we were just talking about their latest episode where they go antagonize Flat Earthers and... Mark well, started on purpose. The, they, are, uh, they are trying to conduct a rational experiment. <laughs> oh, I know, but just I think just existing, flat earthers are antagonizing them. <laughs> yeah, I think just existing, you you sort of antagonize them. But but uh, Mark she- Mark Sargent is sort of the um, the godfather of the modern movement. So that's the if you if you're oh. interested in, in just how far down the rabbit hole crazy goes, go Google his name and don't watch his videos. But you know, I don't know. He he yourself. could be right about that ice wall. Um, yeah. I no, just, no, no. The ice wall fell in it last season. The, oh, wow. um, <laughs> the Night King tore it down. So even it's, it's, it's a moot point at this juncture. Yeah. Um, I, I got no segue from that. It's a rough, rough, yeah, thing that people believe. Uh, um, yeah. Anyway, we actually call this show Coffee and Comics. Why is that, Taylor? It's because, Todd, we, every week, will pick a comic or graphic novel that we're reading and enjoying and share it with you, as well as talk about a beverage or two that we might be drinking. Uh, This particular episode, we are recording in the evening, as we've sort of been wont to do, it seems like, the last month or two. And as a result, I um, I am not drinking a coffee for the first time in a long time. I have just got a glass of standard Manitou Springs water. And oh. uh, that that be it. I'm a little lame this week. Wait, is about- Manitou Springs known for like its spring water? It is. Oh. It is. But this is not that. This is just oh, okay. the municipal tap uh, oh. <laughs> in all its glory. <laughs> so you know, which is you know, I, as, as municipal taps go, it's you know, it's it's right up there. But it's not right. certainly not their their uh, you know Ute uh, spring water. Yeah, I uh, as well have no coffee to speak of um, right now. I'm drinking a Bundaberg ginger beer. Oh, <gasps> you know, it, yeah, we could almost do uh, you know Bundaberg and and comic books. Uh, however, Man, we would sure. alliterate that. <laughs> Where, okay, let me ask you this: Where do you get that? Because I have been looking for it since I had it at your house oh, one really? time when we, we did that joint podcast. Yeah, and I just can't. Every once in a great while, I'll find it, but it's not consistent. Um. I it is now in my local Ralph's, which uh, people on the other side of the Mississippi know as Kroger. Um, so it's in big chain groceries, but maybe maybe I'm just a little bit closer to Australia, and that's why we get it here. I don't know. Uh, I <laughs> you're um, 100 miles cl- actually, you're more than that. You're what uh, 1500 miles closer to Australia. Yeah, <laughs> this uh, particular four pack I got at a liquor store. Okay. So, oh, do they yeah. sell in the liquor stores? That's yeah, like in the mixers. The uh, the oh, one for me has sure. like uh, like twenty different kinds of ginger beer. So when I was uh, getting in, I got into ginger beer because um, I had gotten into dark and stormies, which is a uh, dark rum and ginger beer. I hope you can't hear the siren behind me. Um, and then I just decided, like, hey, this ginger beer tastes pretty good, even when you don't put alcohol in it. And so I just kept going to this liquor store and getting different ginger beers every week. Interesting. So I found this one. Perhaps Ooh. that'll give me a reason to go back to the liquor store. I haven't been in so long. I just yeah. don't drink nearly as much as I never was a big drinker, but now I'm just like maybe <laughs> once Boy, a month. I've, I am the biggest dork who will go into this huge liquor store and check out with like a bar of chocolate 
four pack of ginger beer <laughs> and some tortilla chips. <laughs> like they have everything under the sun. And I'm like, no, just this. <laughs> wow. That all sounds like you're like the stoners uh, trip, like to like this, yeah. the quickie mart or whatever. I yeah. was trying to pull it off. Like, you know, I want to have that affect on my face. So it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm hurriedly on my way to a party and someone forgot these three things. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Just, you know, at some point they'll see through your ruse. Like, Oh, another party, huh? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> no coffee to speak of. Um, but let's jump into the books. What do you have for me this week? Well, as I posted on Instagram, I, it, it was <gasps> sort of a, a tough decision this week. I've, I, uh, I've recently sort of reinventoried and reorganized my library and there's at least 10 things I haven't read yet that I need to uh, get through. And then just a bunch of stuff I've had that I've read and have had in the archive for a little while that I really want to talk about. But I decided um, this week to pick something. It, a lot of people have been asking me sort of if I was to get into comics uh, either again or uh, get into comics as sort of a, a higher art form. Because, you know, I sort of talk about a lot of books that aren't mainstream, a um, little off the, off the beaten path, very indie or very, you know, very sort of uh, next level in terms of comics, not, not just the bog standard story and, and archetypes. If somebody asked me like, well, how do I get into that stuff? I, I have a book that is sort of the perfect entry point. And it is one that I bought back in April at Floating World Comics in Portland. Hell of a great shop. If you ever are in Portland, please. There's Portland's, Portland is the mecca of comic shops. Floating World is probably number one or number two on that list. It is, it's just an indie lover's paradise. It's, but the book... Now, oh, is Floating World the one that's also a publisher? Yeah, they, they're a small press publisher too. And they put out some really cool books. But um, their stuff fits so brilliantly with all the other stuff that they sell. And they're really freaking good at curating. You walk in and there's right away before you even get... you know through the door, there is a long table that has all their staff picks and they rotate, I think weekly. And they just, they're constantly interesting things there. And on that table, on that very table, um, was a book called the tipping point, which is by various artists and authors, 14 of them to be precise. And it's published by humanoids, which is, if you're not familiar, humanoids is a, uh, Europe, uh, European press, uh, actually started co-founded, if you will, by John, Giro, aka Moebius, and uh, that was in I think like the early seventies, early to mid seventies. But it, um, it's also the uh, they do. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but not just. Uh, but they also do Jodorowsky. Oh yeah, well? if you okay, ever bought yeah. a Jodorowsky book, chances are it's a humanoids book for the most part. I think all of them except for maybe Inkle. But maybe no, Inkle is too. I see it on my shelf right now. See so, yeah, all the Jodorowsky stuffs, humanoids. All your favorite um, international creators are usually humanoids. Um, and if you go to a, most, most comic stores that have a, an indie, a substantial indie section are going to have a humanoids, um, publisher section. So always, always look for it, uh, when you, when you check it in, but this is actually a book that was put out. It's hardcover. Um, it's an anthology collection around this concept of the tipping point. And I'm going to read from you, uh, read the back sort of little description for you. Cause it, this is what I, before I could open it up, it was actually sealed in plastic wrap. So I couldn't even thumb through it. I had to buy this one purely on faith. And here's the back sort of little description that, that sold me. It says that key moment when a clear cut split occurs, a mutation, a personal revolt, or a large scale revolution tips us from one world into another, from one life into an entirely new one is explored in this innovative anthology. This instant, this momentous change can be the beginning of a story or its end, 
one's pinnacle or fall, the tipping point. Witness these major and minor changes and evolution through the eyes of 14 visionaries from the worlds of manga, uh, Bande de Saint, uh, uh, Bande there we go, I can never say that right, and comics. And so it's, it's an anthology series, as, as it mentioned, and it really does, all of these short stories have something to do with you know, the concept of the tipping point. And, um, oh yeah, and it was, uh, it was created to uh, celebrate the 40th anniversary of Humanoids. The, um, the publisher, Fa uh, Fabrique, I think it's Fabrique Giger, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It, says, it looks like Fabric Geiger, but I think it's Fabrice Giger. Um, he's got a wonderful intro that really frames this collection and his love of humanoids as, as, as well. And it's very just deeply personal. You can tell he, he really cares about the, the, you know, the company and really cares about their output. And this, this is kind of a, a really great intro into both humanoids, but also international comics, indie comics, um, you know, left of center, higher art kind of comics. Um, and he was, uh, by the way, uh, Fabrice Giguere is part of the group that ended up taking Humanoids, uh, buying it back from Hachette, which had purchased it, I think, somewhere in the mid-80s or late-80s. Um, so these guys, you know, uh, Giguere was part of the group that bought that back. So he's been running it as publisher since then, hmm. which is cool. There's just So it was a nice little history lesson to kind of read. I didn't realize, by the way, in that same intro, he mentions Moebius was a co-founder of Humanoids, which I didn't realize. Makes perfect sense, though, because guess what the first – humanoids uh book was it's a very famous one well the first humanoids book yeah the first humanoids book and this oh, would have been to give you a hint it would have been mid 70s and it would have been something that uh you know inst you know became a big hit in america at the time really yeah. um i don't even know what what came out of comics at that time heavy metal whoa oh that's yeah. crazy yeah yeah that crazy yeah exactly so like if you if if you're a you know, comics historian or if you're interested in that, go. If you've never read Heavy Metal, go check that out. It is it is bonkers to say the least. Uh, it's actually been the inspiration for a lot of you know parodies and and other kinds of similar things since then. Um, but yeah, that was the that was the first Humanoids book. I think Moy I think Jero was a huge contributor to that too, if I'm not mistaken, or was the lead artist even. Um, so yeah, check that out. But this is a great little anthology. It is incredibly diverse in terms of the stories. Um, they range from the absurd to the surreal to the literal to the comics as poetry that I've come to love. Uh, we talked about comics as poetry on a, a couple episodes ago, um, and that's just been something I've been more a little bit more attuned to. I think there's been more releases lately that that play into that. So there's some of those are, are really good. The art is uh, absolutely completely all over the place. Um, you've got every possible form of of comics art you can you know throw a stick at. And it's all really, really, really well done. You know, there's everything from just like elaborate sketch to sort of the more traditional kind of superhero vibe to the really digital monochromatic vibe. Um, you know, this one's really almost like a, just like somebody would have sketched it on their journal. Um, so just a lot of really cool stuff. The stories, I mean, they couldn't be more different. Like one story is a retelling of uh, Huckleberry Finn from the point of, you know, uh, point of view of Huck making that decision of what, whether or not he should turn in Jim. Um, another one is about this guy who doesn't believe in any internet conspiracy. And then throughout the course of the story, every single internet conspiracy comes true for him. So he starts, you know, he, it's kind of a joke, you know, sort of a joke parody story. Um, another one is about this lonely man who loses his cat and he just wanders around this neighborhood and sort of observing it. That's one of the, you know, more of the comics as poetry ones. Uh, a really interesting one that took me by surprise was about this, uh, 
young kid, young boy who goes to summer camp, uh, hasn't been enjoying it, sort of becomes, he, I think he goes to photography class and ends up being like the kid that just takes all the photos. And he ends up having his first gay experience. But it's the way it's, and, and not sexually, um, but the way it's portrayed is really freaking cool. Um, it kind of uses the Schindler's List effect. So it's all black and white. But when he's having sort of this experience, like the idea of what's happening to him takes the form in his mind as like these colored, uh, multicolored, like a uh, globular sort of like um, almost like lava lamp things flowing around him. Um, and so just, it's really fascinating kind of where, how it ends took me a little by surprise. A lot of twists, a lot of turns. Um, so there's, oh, go ahead. The tipping point, um, like I, I guess when you were first describing it, I thought there was a specific tipping point that sort of centered this, but, but each writer is taking that however they want to. Exactly. Like, yeah. Okay, like it could be the tipping point of a sexual encounter or mm-hmm. like, it, yeah, anything else. Exactly. It's, it's, it's almost like they told all creators, like, you know, write something, make something that has something to do with the tipping point. And they all took it and ran with it. So you get to see like this, this is one of those great books. I, I have uh, several of these, but these books that you could easily take each page and, or each, you know, sort of concept and make it like a gallery showing or a gallery, you know, like exhibit somewhere. Um, you know, it's just like walking through and seeing here's this person's perspective, but it's all collected in book form. I love, 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 love comics like that. So this Hmm. is, if you're really, again, if you're looking for something that's like, man, what can I get into that would really break open the way I think about comics and kind of give me more to chew on? This is an excellent, excellent buy, excellent gift too, for somebody who's, you know, maybe into a lot of independent, just art in general. Uh, runs about thirty bucks for the hardcover. That's I think that's the only version that exists. Um, and like I said, there's got there's some cool intros. There's some cool stuff in the in the back too. Um, not a lot of extra features or anything, but just like some some interesting commentaries. Were you uh, previously like aware of uh, Humanoid as a publisher when you saw this? Oh, definitely. So I okay. uh, so uh, I endorsed for you. Yeah, um, Time Warp Comics in Boulder has a really good humanoid section yeah, they and do. so i think uh, when i first went in that store that that's where i first encountered the brand um officially and then just i've been aware of it because the label the logo and the label is pretty distinct looking you can usually see it pretty easily on a shelf somewhere so anytime i see it i'm always i'm usually gra- i usually gravitate towards it because it's like okay what cool thing are they doing yeah sometimes they get a little bit like there's some humanoids releases that are really extreme where you're like oh man i may not be i may not be mature enough to handle this yet you know like we're just i may not be avant-garde enough um which is fine like i love that there's really no limit on what they'll on what they'll put out which is why jodorowsky is such a you know is perfectly at home there um you know in terms of his content like because he's he ranges from like the, the you know the sweet and the simple to like just the batshit craziest surreal thing you could possibly imagine so yeah, this book, this book is very accessible though. Um, mm. You know, you, I don't think there's a single story in here that is too mature. I think you could give this to a, a 13 year old and they'd be like, it would, they'd really dig it. Um, there's nothing, you know, you want to be a little smart to, to appreciate it, but, but otherwise it's very, it's very, very accessible. So, so all I'm, the, trying to, oh, I'm trying to nail down like that. that so you, like you started out by saying when people ask, like, if you were getting into it now, what would you sort of recommend? Um, so I'm trying to paint that picture of that reader that's going to be interested in this. So I was hoping we could drill down on that a little bit. Like, yeah. <clears throat> so I would say if you're somebody who, 
maybe you were into comics either via He-Man like I was, you know, when you were a kid or, or just through the big two and you've left or you've been with comics the whole time, but you're just like, man, I want something more. I would say it's, it's somebody who's interested in the format again, who doesn't know where to start, but maybe you've read a lot of fiction. Maybe you've read, you know, uh, mm. everything from George R. R. Martin to, um, I'm trying to think of like a non, like something more like, uh, what's the guy who wrote, um, Da Vinci code, Dan Brown. Maybe you're like, just, you're, you're really into lots of different kinds of stories. Maybe you're somebody who's just really into visual art. You like going to the galleries. Um, maybe you're somebody who's really, you know, you've got a, a book of Rilke poems or, or, you know, a lot of, you know, you know, college poetry or that kind of thing. Um, maybe you're somebody who's into short stories, writing short stories, reading them. I would say anybody who's that curious, like give them this because this will, uh, open them up to a whole new way of thinking about comics. And it, and I think anybody who's got an appreciation for art and creation and ind- independent sort of takes on things, you gotcha. will really dig this. You know, I, you like, might- I like the way you said that it'll it like open them up to, you know, what, what like the possibilities of comics who I would not give this to is somebody who's, who only thinks comics is the big two yeah. or who's, you know, like, you ask them like, you know, what are comics? They're like, Oh yeah. Iron Man and Superman and Batman. And like, that's, and that's, yeah. that's really like, they don't even know who Hawkeye is. You know, it's just like somebody who's, <laughs> who's, who's just so either so mainstream. Like here's a great, here's a great way to put it. Walmart just announced a um, deal where they're oh, putting yeah. out like these big, crazy trade, trade, trade paperbacks. I think of DC stuff like really, really cheaply. Um, maybe it's Marvel and DC. I think it is big, you know, big too, but these crazy like uh, trades for like, you know, next to nothing. And I think anybody who goes to get those, nothing, nothing wrong with that. But like, if that's sort of your main buy, this is probably not for you just yet. You know, get into the yeah. get into the medium, or you know, come at it from you know outside the medium, wanting to get in. No, that's interesting because I always think like, it, so if someone came to me and said, "I used to read comics, I haven't read them since I was a kid. What should I get into?" Usually, I would actually go for something uh, like that's big too, but a different kind of story, you know, like sort of like how you and I've talked about Watchmen being a big touch point yeah. for when you're an adult and reading it and going oh, like, Oh, that's, you know, that was my gateway or, back in. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and you, Batman's the long Halloween was that for mm-hmm. me. Uh, so it's good to know, you know, the, the indie indie route, I guess. Are there authors and artists from this that you then started following because you read this? Um, not yet. I'm following them loosely. I did go online and kind of like look up some of them, um, as well, but yeah, this, everyone in here, I've never heard of before. And they range from Japanese, uh, creators, French, Spanish. I think there's a Israeli creator in here at some point. Um, just it's, and but it's all translated so perfectly. None of it's, uh, you know, not English. Like it's all translated it, it, and the translations make sense. Um, one of them is completely silent. Actually, two of them are completely silent. So, um, that's kind of fun to go through, but yeah, it's all of it is just uh, these guys. I'm gonna be an, I'm gonna be looking out for these creators moving forward, um, especially on some of like my favorite stories from this. But I think uh, these are all I, none of these guys have had like a lot of. It's not like they put Moebius in here. This is like a lot of these guys. I don't think have had a lot of major hits, especially in America. So it's a cool way to expose yourself to new artists too. Cool, excellent. Uh, I have something off the beaten path as well. Okay. <laughs> Uh, not, not a big two book, not a superhero book. I, I I mean, I guess I kind of broke my streak with Betty and Veronica a couple weeks ago, but yeah, I went, I went a little hard on the Avengers for Ah. many weeks there, you know? Yeah. So, um, I, I decided to revisit, uh, a a comic from several years ago, 
uh, it is a boy. It's it's very hard to define if it's strips or um, single. Pa- I guess it's just single panels, um, and it is called Henry and Glenn Forever. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I haven't even heard of this. Well, it uh, as uh, as my as the clerk at the comic book store where I go um, described it to me. So the cover is uh, pretty clearly um, Glenn Danzig uh, getting his shoulders massaged by Henry Rollins. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! I just, and, as soon and, as you said Henry Rollins, I did pop, cover popped up for me. Oh my god! And Glenn saying, "Do you really think it could last forever?" And I, I remember when I, I this was just sitting on the counter one day at the comic shop, and I went, <laughs> "Oh wow." This looks intriguing. It's sort of the size of a seven-inch record, so it sort of looked like a little, you know, single uh, uh-huh. vinyl. And um, the clerk goes, "Yeah, it's about them being roommates." <laughs> With air quotes, she, I'm guessing. She said it like that, and I, I was like, "Well, sold. I don't, I don't need to know anything else." So, um, yeah, it's about Glenn Danzig and Henry Rollins. Uh, For those a, who don't know, who, who are those two guys? Oh, so so uh, Glenn Danzig um, is uh, famous as the first singer of the Misfits, um, yeah. and then a solo artist who sang about his mother. Um, and Henry Rollins is famous as the third or fourth, maybe, singer of Black Flag, <laughs> but the one <laughs> under whom they achieved maybe a little bit more success than one of the first four. I don't, I don't know. He he actually gave, like he was not the singer for Black Flag all along. Um, but uh, big punk rock guys from the eighties, basically sort of the, on the hardcore edge. Um, and this is uh, so it's all single page um, base, mostly single panel. And for the most part uh, it, it depicts some um, Henry and Glenn. Uh, they're both very, they're both very muscular dudes or maybe, maybe Glenn is not so muscular anymore, but dense. Um, and, <laughs> and, but they're, they're you know, Glenn is also a very short person and, uh, and Henry is a very tall person. So they're depicted in this very, mostly through this, they're depicted in this very funny way where Glenn's face is basically Sluggo's face from the Nancy cartoon. And <laughs> Henry's face is the Dick Tracy face from the <laughs> Dick Tracy. Oh, pump. wow. So, which works perfectly, you know, and like Danzig has this little mullet. Um, they're both always in black. Henry is never wearing any shoes. Um, uh, and so they are, I mean, they are not, you know, like, like they are in a, a committed caring relationship in this book. Um, and uh, their neighbors are Hall and Oates who are possibly Satanists. Um, <laughs> and, and it is just uh, like, it's like hilarious and weird. Um, I, I could see, you know, like these are the kind of comics I could see in a fanzine or something. Um, but they're so sort of just seeing them all together in this series. It's like, none of them make any sense next to each other, you know, and there are a couple of running jokes like Danzig always asking Henry does you know, do these pants make my butt look fat? Um, and it's just, uh, I, I don't know. It's just a lot of fun. It's very, very strange. It is definitely a coffee table kind of book where if you are, especially if you have friends who are into <laughs> Rollins and Danzig, um, this is a perfect thing to just, you know, leave lying on the table just so that anyone can pick it up and go, Oh my God, that's bizarre. Um, 
Yeah, it's not a thing where you sit down and read a story to it. Uh, how, how long are they, uh, is each page like a, a self, basically like a sequence? Yeah, it's almost like no, no, no. Sorry, it's all like single panel, like a family no, circus. I know, but like, but is it? It's like it's not telling one story start to finish. Like each, right, right. Yes, like, yes. There's another like one exactly. off. Exactly. Okay, it's like Wilson. Um, well, yeah. Wilson. That's a bad example. It's just like I kind of wondered that, like, it, like Garfield. Uh, yeah. Um. <clears throat> Like Garfield, uh, you know, except even that has panels. <laughs> no, I, not the panel thing, uh, but just the fact that, like, you know, Garfield, right, Garfield's yeah, like book a, isn't like, you know, the Garfield's bad day. It's not like that. It's just like, hey, yeah. here's another bunch of Garfield stuff. Here you go. Yeah, it is split up in between. Um, uh, so, like I said, the majority of it are, are, is drawn in this way of uh, where Danzig looks like Sluggo and Rollins looks like Dick Tracy. But it's also broken up by sort of a, a print that um, where uh, Rollins is always say it's like the same print over and over and they just change the dialogue. Like Rollins says something and Danzig's remark is always me too. And uh, so it's just, um, you, you know, like that's a running kind of uh, theme throughout this, but it's also broken up by pages from their diary, which are written in uh, <laughs> like handwritten on um, not loose leaf paper, but like spiral notebook paper. And uh, I think it's Henry's are always, um, it, it, like you sort of notice that Henry's are always torn at the edge. Like it's been ripped out of a notebook. Mm. Um, and there's, and there are little tiny things in there. Like you, like Henry at one point confesses to stealing pages out of Glenn's notebook to write his own diary. And mm. so Henry's also <laughs> talking about how he's reading Glenn's diary when he does that. Um, and Glenn's diary entries always say dear diary. And then Henry's say, dear Henry, <laughs> <laughs> which is very confusing, but he says something like in one of the very first ones, like, I don't know why I address this to myself. <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> there are also uh, several just single panels where um, it's a song reference reference. And usually, or at least, sorry, I, I got to say this in a better way. The only ones I recognize are Danzig song titles. So if there are yeah. a bunch of Rollins jokes sprinkled through here, I don't know what they are. Um, but there will be uh, I've sorry. I just flipped past one. <laughs> oh yeah. There's a, there's like a where Eagles dare reference. Um, there's a last caress reference. There are just uh, things like that. And this was created by an art collective. So I haven't read too much. Like I didn't follow it when it was coming out. So I don't know if they were just being presented on the internet one at a time and gain this. Following well, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. And uh, if you just Google it, there's all these different alternative covers that I'm finding yes. out are, are covers of like the single issues. Apparently that this was uh, you're, you must be talking about the collected edition with the green. Well, yeah, I, cover. that's uh, the one you have, right? Yeah. A while ago I, I went through and tried to figure those out and I don't think they're actually single issues. Oh. I think they're, they're sort of like terms and conditions, um, which we talked uh, about several, yeah. uh, you know, several episodes ago where they were doing parody covers of famous covers, but putting Glenn, like, cause I've noticed there's a captain America one, there's a cable one, like cable and Deadpool one. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, I, but those are, you know, it's only like few and far between that. I recognize like, Oh, that's that, like, I, there's a He-Man one actually where Castle Grayskull's in the background and they're doing that pose where like Henry is uh, He-Man holding the sword above his head. And I don't know who would have been like sort of crouching in front of him or kneeling if that was She-Ra or somebody else, but that's Glenn. Like, um, <laughs> so yeah, I think those were just sort of, I don't think those were single issues, but they're also not in this book. 
And then oh. I know they, they released another book called, um, I think it's called Forever and Ever. Or do, do you see that come up? Because my, yeah, uh, my browser stopped working. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that may have more of the art in it because okay. that was that was an actual new, like, different edition that they put out. It's it's called Forever and Ever: The Complete Edition. Um, and I've also seen on the main artist, at least I, I can't tell if he's done everything or not. Uh, named Tom Neely, and on his website, which is IWillDestroyYou.com, um, he has a lot of like single prints of of you know in the same style. So I assume he's responsible for most of it. Um, okay. But it's, uh, you know, it's just sort of like I, I dug into it uh, when I got it, I dug into it a little bit, uh, you know, uh, recently when I knew I was going to do it on an upcoming episode, I dug into it more today. And I, there's just this thing of like, I was, I was hesitant to do that. And it was because it's such a good, you know, prank or <laughs> like in joke or whatever, that I almost didn't want to know the whole context of it. You know, I sort of. I, like when I was Googling it, and if you do this, I'm sure you will find there's one specific interview that's referenced in about 10 different articles where someone asked Rollins about this. And But it's it's like, I don't really care what they think. You know, like there's a quote on the back that says, has Glenn seen this? Trust me, he would not be amused. And that's attributed to Henry. But I don't know if he actually said that or if that's still part of the game and like the prank, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, at the end of it, they they have a little uh, page sort of about the, the art collective Igloo Tornado that put this out. So it sounds like maybe it's the work of these four people that are in that collective, but one of them they won't name. Like they always strike through his name in the print. And then so there's all these little pranks, you know, all along. Like this is a, a, a very close to just reading a punk rock zine. Okay. And, you know, and just feeling like I don't really understand all this stuff, but I'm really amused by whatever group of people put this out. And <laughs> so, um, yeah, and it's just, you know, it's a short little thing. Like I said, if you're a if you're a fan of this, but uh, put it on your coffee table, you will definitely it will be a conversation starter. Um, I don't know how else you do it. Maybe you could uh, it, it just bring it to bars with you and leave it on the, the table where you're sitting. <laughs> I have a um, I think it was from yesterday's, which is like a like a maker of fan stuff and mostly like enamel pins. I have a Henry and Glenn forever pen from them that I got at Comic-Con last year. So I have it on my bag. So maybe, maybe someone will see that and kind of give me a knowing, you know, nod or, or, or wink or something. Um, I definitely wanted to uh, read uh, Carrie Brownstein's quote in the beginning um, from one of their like review quotes, you know, that appears on the, on the uh, front page. Mm. Um, just because I thought it summed it up so great. <laughs> so Carrie says it plays into the inherent homoeroticism of early mosh pit man piles, but also acknowledges <laughs> that just as fans are at the mercy of our idols, creative whims, musical heroes and legends are also subject to the imaginations of the listeners. That's um, amazing. Wow. So I thought that was great. Yeah. Hell of a good quote. Hell of a good quote. So, hey, so the one you're talking about, Amazon says it's like 64 pages. That's that, that was accurate. Probably this, yes. Okay, cool. Because there's, a, yeah, the, I'm looking at Henry and Glenn forever and ever. And that's a much different thing. Yeah. Um, and then there's, I, I'm still trying to figure out. Seems like there's different versions of forever. For, and ever. For, yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm on uh, Tom Neely's site, and th- so there's one cover that's like the American Gothic, uh, whatever that painter was. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a version of it. And then there's another one that's the Spider-Man uh, Amazing Stories, number one, or whatever that Spider-Man, you know, um, that cover is amazing. And I think that's the one that's on 
Amazon where Henry's just wearing a gimp mask and <laughs> swinging in on a microphone cable over a crowd of uh, like at a rock concert. And he's carrying um, he, he's carrying Glenn as Spider-Man carried uh, like Goblin or whatever in that cover. Maybe that wasn't Amazing Stories number one. But anyway, um, yeah, it's a great I don't know. It's just a great art prank. Um I love all the inside references uh, to other comics and styles. Uh, it's not as fully loaded as terms and conditions. So you don't, you, I mean, that was almost like reading an academic work, you know, visually. Yeah. Like I, at the time, I think it described it as like an art exhibition. You know, like I would love to have seen that on all the, on walls. Um, yeah. yeah. It's much more like, uh, you know, just sort of pranky, prints and reinterpretations and stuff but okay okay yeah it's a, do you have you to know. do you have to know yeah, enough about henry and glenn as as just artists you know like as music guys to appreciate this i mean if you I, came in completely ignorant of them it would yeah i that's a good point it's music not guys no, is a new term it's definitely not term. like this is not a thing that if you're just getting into comics i would not recommend this to people it's um it, it you, uh, it's not, you, have to you, you don't have to be a, scene. I mean, you don't like, have you to have be a super fan, but okay. it, it helps. And you definitely, I would think need to be a specific former listener of one of those two people to think this is as funny as it is, you know? Okay. okay. Um, especially when you consider, uh, um, you know, I, I <laughs> texted a, a, um, a friend of mine today, uh, uh, Axe slasher who, um, has a podcast called the filth chamber that you might want to check out if you like <laughs> horror movies and uh, metal music. Filth. And I asked him what his opinion of uh, just Danzig was, you know, because uh, another friend today had said something like, I can't really tell where the line uh, is on in reality and satire with Danzig. And, um, <laughs> and Axe Slasher told me, uh, <laughs> hold on. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, he said, well, first and foremost, it's definitely not satire to Danzig the man. He's painfully serious. So he's just talking about like the Danzig band. Like Dan oh, okay. and Danzig the man is like super serious about his own music. So when he sings like these, you know, these songs that are like sort of cartoonishly evil, uh, he's not joking around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think so I think knowing that about how serious uh, or it's seemingly seriously uh, Danzig takes himself makes this a lot funnier that he's okay. like kind okay. of the goofy one who's trying to be funny in this book, um, hanging out with Hall and Oates, you know, and writing in a diary like it, you know, uh, Rollins, I, I don't know. I sometimes appears not to have a sense of humor to me, but he, at least like having seen him in interviews and stuff, he's, you know, a, a more approachable human person than Danzig. Like Danzig is just sort of, yeah, cartoonishly standoffish and <laughs> dark. <laughs> so I'm still thinking about where I want to put the filth chamber in my igloo tornado. Just these names, <laughs> these amazing names. Like there was another one. What was the first one you said earlier that was really impressive? I, for, I forget it. It was right before filth uh, igloo tornado. There's like another name you mentioned, but um, oh, axe slasher. Nah, I think so. Yeah, I, oh. think, I think. Yeah, well, that's a band, so you should definitely pick nah, up some uh, another, axe slasher. Jeez, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, well. Uh, that's my review. I got nothing more for you. Oh man. Well, this <laughs> short has been book. A, that's a short review. <laughs> been a lovely episode. Uh, we'll be back again. Although I won't be back again until oh, after, right. let's see, I am getting, for those of you who don't know, I'm getting married on Saturday and, yes. uh, I'll be out. Yes. Thank Best you. Best wishes. Thank you. 
Um, there, there will be reports from the field. I'm sure I will, I will uh, not be back this weekend. And then the following week we're going on our honeymoon. So I'll be gone that week and too. So Todd is going to have to figure out a, yeah, we got, way. we got some things uh, bubbling up in the cauldron. Um, maybe a couple of uh, special guests to tide us over until your return. And then um, I don't know how, you know, uh, how we're going to do it, but we've got San Diego Comic-Con coming up shortly thereafter. Yes. So we, we have to figure out some way to do a special episode. We've tr- we tried this last year and I think it was like just too exhausting to, for yeah. me to come home from that and then do a report. Yeah. But um, yeah, we'll try to figure something out or, you know, and we will absolutely cover it sort of uh, in retrospective after the event. Yeah. Uh, But that's what's coming up until then. Where can people find and download this podcast and others? Find find us there.org is the website. Get us on Apple podcasts, uh, Stitcher, pocket casts, Google play, and, and the Google, and, the new Google Podcasts app. That's right. Thank you. Yes, Google has <laughs> updated their game yet again. So the Google Podcasts app, they could have come up with a better, you think they could have come up with like the, like Gcast or you know, something a little bit catchier <laughs> than that. I can't believe it's not called Play Podcasts. Playcasts. Just, I mean, something, something. I mean, it's, they're like Microsoft now with like all these 1800 different names. It's like, come on, guys. The Zoom, the Xbox, the Windows gaming <laughs> platform. Oh, anyway, find it, find us in all those places. And then uh, I am at Taylor, or, sorry, at by Taylor Trask on Instagram and Twitter. And I am at Hey Todd A on those places. Although uh, I just have been really checked out of Twitter lately, and I'm going to yeah. try to stay that way. I'm just, oh, right. it's Instagram. just a, 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 a fury making machine. You know, I yeah. log in. I lo- it's like it's like just the comments section, which has made yeah. it so awful. Yeah, like you're I, right, man. Wow, I, that's it, it used to be more of a feed for me. Like I would get, I would go into it and I would click on links. Like, okay, I'm going to read that news story and I'm going to read that review, watch that video. Now it's just like, yeah, it's just the comments section for me. So I'm. <laughs> anyway, sorry for that downer at the end here. Uh, all our well wishes to you on your upcoming nuptials and um, we will catch you Taylor when you're back from uh, from your honeymoon that'll uh, be exciting and yeah. I'll have more picks then too we'll be back we'll see you guys then or I'll see you guys then I'll see you later and I'll see you next week